Hi everybody, happy Sunday. I'm so excited to be with you guys today. So today we're gonna to be doing something a little bit different. We're gonna take a pause from our sermon series and we're just gonna spend some time looking at stories of hope. I believe that the power of testimony is so important as an expression of worship in the church. It allows us time to sit and to look back on God's faithfulness, on God's character, to worship him for who he is, and then allow God's faithfulness to fuel our faith as we move forward. And so today we're going to be looking at Isaiah 40, which for me has been an anchoring passage, a passage that has been monumental in my life. Just like in the Old Testament, how they would build monuments throughout history to declare what God had done in that place, the generations would be able to look back and see the monument and be reminded of God's faithfulness. To me, that's what Isaiah 40 is. It is a reminder of who God is, both personally in my life, but also for us all as a church. And so the question we're going to be asking today from Isaiah 40 is, where is your strength? So this became a monumental passage in my life back when I was in college. So I was an undergraduate um, and all of a sudden I developed really severe epilepsy. So I would have prolonged seizures that were violent um, and that would leave me every time I'd wake up from it, I'd be so, so confused. Um, I wouldn't know who I was. I wouldn't know who people around me were or where I was. And it normally sent me just into panic. Um, I could tell like I had a raging headache and my body just ached and I could tell something was very seriously wrong, but I had no idea what was happening to me. And so it was a period of time that my life was just filled with chaos and with confusion. And thankfully, I had some amazing friends by my side during this time. Friends that as we waited for the ambulance, they would pray over me and they would read scripture over me. And I remember one day in particular, after waking up incredibly confused and in this chaotic situation with a crowd of people not being able to even recognize my best friend, they read over me Isaiah chapter 40. And I remember in that moment recognizing the words that were being spoken and being able to say, that is my God. I don't know who I am. I don't know who this person is. I have no idea what has happened, but I know that someone is talking about my God. And it brought me such peace in this chaotic situation that once I recovered from that seizure, I went home and I took to memorizing Isaiah 40. And during this time in my life, that was marked by uncertainty and unrest. Every morning I spoke Isaiah 40 over my life and every night before I went to bed, I spoke it over my life. And God just continued to teach me more about his character through this chapter of the Bible. A few years later, I was doing great. I had entered graduate school. My health was really solid. I haven't had a seizure for two years. And in the blink of an eye, my seizures came back and they came back worse than they had ever been before. Um, I had a seizure that had lasted so long and was so violent that I sustained a traumatic brain injury from it. I was placed into the hospital. I required surgery. I was in the hospital for a very prolonged amount of time and it was a really long journey to recovery. 
I was forced to drop out of graduate school and I was left in a state where I could barely form sentences. I knew what I wanted to say, but my brain couldn't form the words that I was trying to communicate. I wasn't able to read because everything just blurred together since my vision had changed so much with this brain injury. And I wasn't yet able to stand because I was so weak and would pass out every time I tried. And so in this state, I was faced with the question, where is your strength? Everything that I had seemingly worked to, for for 20 odd years was gone in the blink of an eye. I imagined that I would never be able to return to a career. Most individuals with a traumatic brain injury have really long-term residual effects of it. And so I was asked with the question, where is your strength when you have nothing to offer? When you have nothing to give and you have no power to change a circumstance, where do you find your strength? And again, in this time, the Lord led me to Isaiah 40. I love this passage because I think it's really easy for us all to hear a passage with these amazing promises at the end and just cling to the last verse here where it says, the Lord will renew your strength and you will soar on wings like eagles. It's so easy to hear that and just to cling to that promise and to be encouraged for a day or two. And then before we know it, it's out of our minds. And before we know it, we're back in the midst of chaos and confusion with a lack of direction. And so I think what's so important about this passage is that we allow ourselves to reflect on the character of God before we ever start to look at the promises that he's providing for us. I think if anyone works with children, has children, has been around children for a long period of time, you know that a promise only holds the value of the person that's making it right? Have you guys seen the candy challenge that's going around? It is hysterical. Highly recommend going on a YouTube rabbit trail. Essentially what happens with the candy challenge is a parent, a guardian, a sibling puts a bowl of a toddler's favorite candy in front of them and says, when I get back, we're going to have some candy, but you can't touch it until I get back. So the mom, dad, guardian, sibling goes out of the room and is videoing what's happening to this toddler. Almost every time that they come back in, the toddler has a mouth stuffed full of candy. When asked, did you wait for mommy? Did you wait for daddy or grandma or puppy or brother or sister? The toddler always looks up with like this chipmunk cheeks full of candy and says, yes, I waited. And I just think that like is such a fun illustration that shows us that we just intrinsically understand that we wouldn't hold a two-year-old to the same accountability of their word that we would our spouse or a beloved friend or a leader, right? And so I think it's really hard for us to claim the promises of God over our lives and actually believe them and have them be an anchor in our lives if we don't see God as trustworthy. And so when we're struggling with doubt in the face of uncertainty, searching for where we find our strength, it's so important that we first look to the character of God and learn that he is trustworthy and that he is faithful. And I believe that's what Isaiah 40 does. I just want to read you guys again, Isaiah 40, starting at verse 21, so that we together can see how big and how amazing our God is. 
Verse 21, do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and he spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings the princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither. And a whirlwind sweeps them away like a chaff. To whom do you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? Who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls them forth each by name? Because of his great power and mighty and strength, not one of them is missing. Church, hear this. Our God is so big that he knows every single star by name. There's not one that goes under his radar unknown. The God who is so big that compared to him, people are just like grasshoppers. This is the same God that loves you, has saved you, cares for you, and is coming back. I think it's really easy in the midst of chaos and confusion when we feel like we have nothing to truly offer a circumstance. That our conclusion is that we're forgotten. We feel abandoned. We feel overlooked. We feel as though God is far. And I think the amazing thing in here, verse 27, it says, why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, that my way is hidden from the Lord and my cause is disregarded by my God? In this chapter, the Israelites were feeling forgotten. They were feeling like their ways were disregarded by God. This chapter, we believe, is addressing the Israelites in a time that they're about to return from captivity. So they are in the midst of chaos. They are in the midst of despair. They are in the midst of the unknown. They really have nothing to offer this situation to make it better. And they're crying out, saying, God, why have you forgotten me? And so church, have you ever felt forgotten? Have you ever felt disregarded? Have you ever felt overlooked? I'll be the first to put my hand up to say that I have been there. And the answer is this, to the people who feel forgotten, to the people who feel overlooked, to the people who feel disregarded, here is your answer. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. My friends, our strength 
is on the unfailing faithfulness of our God. The God who promises to give strength. The God who counts every star in the sky and knows them by name is the same God who will say, you will soar on wings like eagles. If you hope in me, your strength will be renewed. Let his faithfulness fuel our faith. Let our faith be anchored not in what we can produce, not in what we can offer, not in the circumstance or the chaos around us, but let our faith be anchored that God of the universe loves you, saved you, and is coming back. See, with my story in 2016, after this brain injury, I had no idea how my story would end. If you look at the statistics, it was so much more likely that I would remain either in a hospital room or dependent on other people in order just to get through daily life. And so in that moment of being reminded of God's faithfulness and my strength being renewed, I knew that the story did not end in the hospital room. Whether I received a miracle to be standing here and speaking today, or whether the rest of my days were spent worshiping God from a hospital bed, my God was still good and he gave me his strength to worship. And he gave me the strength to look to him and to allow his faithfulness to fuel my faith rather than everything that was going on around me. And my friends, no matter where you are, let me tell you that this is not the end of our story. Whether you're facing grief and loss and desperation from the effects of a pandemic and, and losing beloved family members or your security and your job or your sense of purpose that you used to have to offer to the world, or whether you're feeling the effects of racial injustice and just a horrible racism that is still existing today. In those moments, let me tell you, church, this is not how our story ends. Our hope does not end here. The Lord is coming back and we can hope in heaven. I just want to share a picture with you guys of, of where our hope does lie. This is a picture of, of how the story ends. Revelation chapter 21, verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. My friends, the same God who created the stars in the sky, the same God who sees you, who will not forget you, 
The same God who promises to give strength to the weary if we look to him is the same God who at the end of the story gets to declare, I am making everything new. And my friends, that is where our hope lies. And so I pray that as a church, we can lift our eyes to heavenly things, that we can look to Jesus, look to the fact that he is a trustworthy and true God and allow his faithfulness to fuel our faith. My friends, our strength is in the Lord. May we find certainty in his character and may we find stability in his faithfulness. I want to pray for us as a church coming from Hebrews. And this is my prayer. Let us as a church fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. So today, wherever you stand, may you look to Jesus, what he has done for you, that he loves you and has saved you so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. Let's pray. Father, we look to you. We thank you for how big and how powerful and how mighty you are. We thank you that you are faithful till the end, that you are the author of our faith from beginning until the end. We thank you, Father, that our hope is in you, that our stability comes from your faithfulness, and that our strength is found in your presence. And so, Lord, we come in your presence and we thank you for such the sweet gift that no matter how our story here on earth ends, whether it's in the face of injustice or oppression or in the face of chaos, that we can look to you, to heaven, to say our hope is with the risen Jesus. And so Father, we ask that you bring heaven to earth, that you restore justice in this place, that you free the oppressed, that you are with the hurting and that you are near the brokenhearted. And so Jesus, today as a church, we declare that our hope and our trust and our faith is beyond this place and it is in you. And so Father, we dedicate our lives we dedicate this day, we dedicate our church into your hands. Take us and use us to stand for the oppressed, to love the weak, and to always be anchored in our hope from you. 
Thank you, Father, that you are faithful and you are consistent. We love you and we worship you today. Amen.